welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Great job. How are you going, everyone? Good to see you all today. Thank you, Phil. How are we feeling about no coffee? Is that a blow to your afternoon? <laughs> I, I had a, a bit of um, a heads up that there was no coffee and I was actually on my way here and uh, Rowan and I was, was speaking and he said, because he got here before me and he said, oh, there's no coffee today. I was not able to be here and so I went, oh, okay. Well, Because I was going to have one when I got here. I was quite looking forward to it. So I went to McDonald's at Spring Farm and they said, we don't have any decaf. And I went, oh, okay, this is a dilemma <laughs> because I don't have time to go anywhere else and I don't think I can get through the afternoon without a coffee of some sort. So I, I broke my rule, I broke a life rule and I had a, a full-strength coffee in the afternoon. So if I'm talking really loud and really fast, I don't know if there's much I can do about it. It's just, it's just what happens. <laughs> um, but I'm going to invite Marnie to come up so she'll bring a nice calmness back to this place with her lovely calm voice. Marnie's going to come and uh, give us an update on the recent food program or recent food appeal that we did and you guys all participated in and uh, yeah let us know how that went. Thank you. Thank you. Hello everybody. It's great to be up here sharing a good news story. So um, most of you will probably remember that um, in the last month or so um, LCV along with um, the church here, have been gathering food items to um, distribute to families in the local community um, over winter and into spring. Um, so we've, we've wrapped that up just this week, finally. Um, so um, I just wanted to get up and share with you guys that we were able to give out just over 30 hampers, um, yeah, with fresh food, pantry food. Um, and that came, a lot of that food came from the donations that you guys gave here. Um, we were able to get some from C3 Cares as well um, and just other people who wanted to give. So um, unfortunately, most of the team are not here today, but I uh, do just want to acknowledge Kim and Emma who put a lot of effort into um, finding out who needed those hampers um, helping to pack and deliver the food. And thank you also to Rosalie, who was able to um, distribute some of that through the program that she's doing with the school here. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for those of, to those of you who gave. Um, and I'm sure we'll be looking at um, doing something again towards the end of the year. So please listen out for that um, if you want to be somebody that contributes to that with food. Or if, if you want to volunteer to help pack and deliver some hampers, it'd be great to... Um, expand that and get more people involved. Um, it really is great and we get great feedback from the families. They're so grateful and, and also the um, organisations we connect with, the schools, um, they really appreciate it and um, it really just makes us visible in the community on top of you know the good thing that we're doing with getting food to the people that, that need it. So thank you, you guys, and thank you to the team, even though they're not here. Uh, it's great to be able to just report that back to you. Um, how well that's gone for us. Thanks. Thanks, Marnie. Such a great job. Thank you, Marnie and Rosalie and Brian. I shouldn't start naming people. And all of you who are running different programs and uh, different bits and pieces, it really does um, have an impact. And um, we thank you for your generosity as a church that contributes towards that as well. 
Well, I was just thinking as I was standing there that I wanted to say that um, God is still working. And then Rowan said it. I want to say it again anyway. I want to encourage us today. God is still working. Maybe some of you need to be reminded of that today. I know I need to be reminded of that regularly. As things go through my mind, as every day I seem to wake up and face new challenges and have new things that I have to consider and plan and make decisions on. And sometimes we can go, oh, God, are you, what, are you doing anything? Because it, we can have sort of seasons where we don't seem to see a lot of results or fruit or, you know, we don't seem to see all, you, can have, you know, awesome stuff happening all around us. And we have to kind of really say, Lord, show me. Because there are th- good things happening. But it's sort of sometimes where I think our default can be to thinking, oh, Lord, you know, I'm not seeing some of the things I'd like to see. And that's what faith is. It's what faith is. It's the evidence, how's it go? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As we grow in God, we, we, we have to be people who walk by faith and not by sight. We won't always see everything that God ha- has and is doing, has for us and is doing around us. So we're going to look today at a story. Uh, we've been talking about encounters, Jesus' encounters in the New Testament and, and what they show us, what they tell us about Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was so cool. He, he kind of makes me laugh, even just preparing this. Uh, you know, we're just going to look at Jesus and, and the, the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. But I just think Jesus is so cool, you know. He, he's like, I love that he came and he just, uh, he just shook up, you know, the, the common belief of the Pharisees and the scribes and elders and teachers of the time. So much of what they, uh, what they walked in, how they lived, what they thought was important. You know, it wasn't like kind of he was doing it to intentionally be rude, but he was just bringing, he was bringing Jesus. He was bringing God to earth. And it was in such a different way and in such a contrast to what they had been, how they had lived, how they were living, and to what they expected of Jesus, how they expected uh, the saviour to be or how they expected, uh, you know, someone would, uh, a, a person proclaiming to be God would, would, would act. And so let's look at uh, his encounter with Zacchaeus in uh, Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quickly come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. I think it's a really cool story, cool encounter. Here we have uh, Zacchaeus, who is a tax collector. Now, he's not like people who work at the tax office in Australia. Don't, don't think, you know, middle, mild-mannered public servant. He, he's not that. 
he, you know, tax collectors in the in the day were um, were, as it says, he was wealthy. He wasn't he wasn't a, a poor person. He was a wealthy person, but they were known for having questionable character. Uh, they were known for being uh, dodgy, like they embezzled. They were known for embezzlement, and uh, and really they co were cooperating with the Romans, which was not a good thing for Jewish people. So they were known to not have high morals and. Yeah, they weren't looked upon very kindly. And so, you know, Zacchaeus, which tells us he was a short guy. I love the detail there. He was a short guy. And there was something in him that day, that, like some eagerness in him that made him think, I'm going to climb a tree. <laughs> like, that's the solution. That's what you, I'm going to do right now. Like, he must have known, okay, Jesus is coming. He must have known, we don't know what happened before, before this, but he must have heard something about, there was something in him that day that made him go, I, I, have to, I have to see this Jesus. Yes, I'm short. That, that it needs to be overcome somehow because this is a whole, you know, we're dealing with crowd control here and I, I don't do well in crowds when I'm a short person. So he must have been thinking, well, what options is there? You know, see if I can jump up on someone's shoulders, see if I can, like, what, what could I do? And then the tree, like the sycamore tree. How about I'll, try, I'll climb that? And so he gets up the tree and, uh, and you know, that's what he does. And so good on Zacchaeus for having the courage to do something a little unlikely and, uh, and, and head up the tree. And uh, it kind of paid off, didn't it? Because uh, Jesus, and I don't know how many other people had gone up trees to see Jesus. Maybe other people had been doing that as well, but this is the only one we hear about. And Jesus actually somehow knows his name. Now, I don't know whether that was a God-inspired thing or whether there was maybe Zacchaeus had was known as the local tax collector in the area and Jesus had become aware of that or I'm not quite sure but he says he looks up Jesus came by verse 5 and he looks up at Zacchaeus and he calls him by name and he says Zacchaeus quick come down I must be a guest at your home today what a cool encounter so he looks up and he goes I see you I call you by name let's hang out I'm coming to your place and he goes and hangs out with him. And this is the kind of thing that the Pharisees and, uh, you know, and the, the religious leaders of the day did not think was a good thing. It tells us here, doesn't it? It says the people were displeased. He's gone to be at the guest. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. That's not on. But he did this time and time again. This is what Jesus did. This is what he was known for. Not just notorious sinners and hanging around people who were uh, vulnerable and poor and... Uh, people who were in need, but he also hung out with people of uh, of high status as well. He hung out with a he hung out with Pharisees. He hung out with all sorts of people. He didn't he didn't pick and choose. He hung out with people, and it makes me think. Well, what is it in those people that made Jesus think I'm going to hang out with you? And so I haven't even barely looked at my notes. I'm just talking. So whatever you think about yourself or what you've done, or what you haven't done, or your popularity, or whether you think you're more likely or least likely to be someone who God might pick, I want to tell you today that he says, I see you. I see you. You don't have to worry about jumping up the tree. I mean, it, it, was, it, played, it paid off. Zacchaeus, good on him. And uh, I think Jesus liked that eagerness in him, maybe. Jesus saw that hunger in him. Jesus saw that, uh, that desire that must have been in Zacchaeus's heart that day 
because we know there was something going on, don't we? Because he straight away says, I'll give half my wealth to the poor Lord. I mean, he's, he's a tax collector. He's probably known for being, you know, like I said, he's known for being, uh, what was that, Rowan? Skimming off the top. Probably didn't like to, uh, to be the sort of person who was giving his money away. And what a radical move. He goes, I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I've cheated anybody, which, come on, if you have cheated people, I will give them back four times as much. Like, not even, oh, okay, I'll repay them, sure. I'll give them back four times as much. Like, what happened? What an encounter. Like, what must have happened in Zacchaeus in that moment? All we know is that that's what God can do. God can transform us. God can do amazing work in us. And he sees us. He sees you. He sees me. He sees us in our, our thoughts of, oh, I don't know. I don't know if he want to use me. I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know. I've got limitation. I'm a bit short. <laughs> I'm a bit loud um, after my talk too much coffee. I'm not, I'm not normally a loud person, but, you know, I, I'm a whatever. We see this right through the scripture, don't we, that God used to do things with ordinary people. He just took ordinary people and he went, hey, you know what? They do something cool in an ordinary person. That's going to be a story in this Bible that people are going to read for years and go, oh, that's interesting what, it, what he did. You know, who was it that had the stutter? Was it um, someone in the Old Testament? Anyway, we all have stuff. Moses, good on you, Rosalie, it was too. And then Aaron was the um, spokesperson, wasn't he? And so he was saying, you know, by this act of, of seeing Zacchaeus, the notorious sinner, he, he was saying, you know, you, you are not just someone I'm prepared to tolerate. You're someone who has a place. I'm going to actually come to your place and eat with you today. I'm going to hang out with you. I'm going to invite you to join my social circle. I'm going to include you. And, and Jesus, you know, he did that. He touched the untouchable and he loved the unlovely. And uh, he was a person who was known for being at parties and dinners and, and eating and drinking and, and, uh, and inviting people and welcoming people. And, and uh, I did read somewhere in some notes... Uh, that these days we would have said he was a party animal. <laughs> I don't know if we would have or not, but someone thought that. And, uh, and so, Patricia, I'm going to get you to come up and uh, read a couple of verses for us. I just, I just love the word. It is, the word is amazing, and I, and I want us to listen to the word. And rather than just me read these scriptures, I, I wanted to, us to have a different voice read these scriptures. So Patricia's going to read a couple of verses for us. Thank you. Hi. The calling of Levi from Luke 5, 27 to 32. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Now, Jesus answered them, It is not healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. 
I have come to call the righteous. Uh, I have come to call the righteous. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mm -hmm. Next one. The the prayer of Hannah. First Samuel two eight. He raises the poor from the dust, and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. For the, for the foundation of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. Thank you. Beautiful. So another story there about another tax collector, Matthew, who became one of Jesus' disciples. There's lots of verses about Matthew, but I wanted to just pull out that one about Zacchaeus today because it's a little bit unique. But uh, we see it again there, don't we? We see it, the same thing, that uh, Jesus knew how to turn the tables. He turned things on their heads. He shifted things. He did things differently. And he said it's not the healthy that need a doctor but the sick. So he knew that where there is a sickness or where there was a need or where there's a, a weakness or a vulnerability or an awareness uh, of, of a humility, an awareness of need, that's when he can come. And I think we see that very much in that situation with Zacchaeus, which is incredible, where he says, I'll give half my wealth to the poor and I'll pay back four times as much as I owe to people. It's, it's, it's something that only could come from uh, a revelation of God. And uh, what, you know, what, what an incredible thing. And we see that in, in Matthew's life as well, that, Matthew went and left, left that way behind and he followed Jesus and, and uh, that's a whole other story. And then I asked Patricia to read 1 Samuel 2.8. You might think, well, that was a different scripture. How did that relate? About being lifted from the ashes and, and seated among princes. And it's a different, uh, it's an Old Testament scripture in Samuel. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a, from the prayer of Hannah. And, uh, you know, Hannah was dismayed at the goodness of God and what he did in her life. And so she prayed this prayer and she says, oh God, that you've lifted me, that you've lifted the humble from a lowly place. And that's what God does. And that you've seated me among princes. And so I just see in this, this theme of this message today that Jesus wants to take us, he wants to, well, he wants to show us that he sees us and he, he wants to remind us that he has a place for us. He has a place for you, he has a place for me. And I keep seeing this picture of Jesus sitting at tables with people, Jesus sitting uh, in communion, in fellowship, in, in, uh, in, in, in groups and in families or standing around the barbecue or, you know, leaning like they, they did in Jesus' time, how they sat in a different way to how we would sit and eat meals today. But this thing of inclusion and, and you belong. And... Um, and that he sees individuals, not labels. And he seeks us out. And he extends grace. And he extends compassion. And he's prepared to look past behaviour and see need. And it's not that the behaviour and the sin isn't important or isn't dealt with, isn't something that's... It's not that that's dismissed, but that's not the starting point. His starting point is encounter with him. And I, I saw this uh, quote this week of a, uh, 
a pastor called Sam Albury. I don't know if anyone's heard of Sam Albury, and he's, I think he's a theologian. Is he Rowan? Is he called a theologian or Anglican theologian? And it's, it kind of messed with my head a bit, but I, I, I've been chewing over it. He says, looking at Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners. Jesus did not have to affirm people to be with them. He didn't, he didn't have to exclude people to disagree with them. It made me think about whether I do that. Do I think I have to affirm people before I want to hang out with, out with them, before I want to go to their house and, have, have, and hang out and have a party? And I, do I have to, or do I have to exclude people if, because I, if I disagree with them? I don't know, like it, it's, it's messing with my head a bit, but I, I'm like, Jesus, what do you show us? What did you do? What, what's the example that you have left for us? Not just about how we are with those sinners out there, but how he's treated us. Because we all lack, we all fall short, we've all, we're all sinners. We all, on a, a daily basis, fall short. And that's what really the Christian life is all about, is saying, Holy Spirit, lead me every day. Lord, I, I commit myself to you. I, would you keep working in me? Would you help me? And, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, we see that. It's like, God, would you help me today? Would you, would you bring my daily bread today? Would you provide for me today what I need? Would you, you know, I won't go through the whole thing now, but, you know, would you, it tells us to, uh, it says, uh, remind us or uh, to, sorry, uh, to repent of our sins, to remind us of where we need to repent and then to remind us of where we need to forgive. And that's in the Lord's Prayer. Like that was meant to be, that's the, that's the prayer that he was saying to the disciples, hey, you know what, just pray this, like this is how you should pray. It's just, just like this, just talk to me like this. Lord, show me what, what's my daily bread, what's my provision for today, what, what do you have for me to, for today? And let me be led by you today. And show me the areas where I fall short. Show me the areas where I sin that I might quickly uh, know that in my spirit and be able to say, oh, Lord, sorry, and not get to a really low state of feeling really downtrodden and then go, oh, no, I've, got, I've, had so much, I've got so much stuff. I've got so much sin. And even if that's where you are, that's okay too. But, you know, I'd rather be in a relationship with Jesus and I think he's nudging us today and reminding us, you know what, you can have... A fruitful Christian life. You can have a life where you live in me, led by my spirit, walking in the spirit daily, and you can have, you can feel different, and you don't have to carry some of those weights on you that maybe you've carried, because that's not my plan for you. You can live free of those things. And so he loved to meet with people who knew their need, and I think there's something in that for us today. Something about, there's something key in that eagerness of Zacchaeus, that eagerness to get up that tree and go, I'm going to encounter Jesus today, come what may. I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if I, everyone knows I'm the short person who's not a very favourable character. I don't care. I'm going to get up that tree because I want to meet with Jesus today. And that means something. And then from that, you know what? I'm going to do the most crazy thing a tax collector of that time could do, and that is give away lots of my money. <laughs> and then I'm going, to, I'm going to totally turn around my life. Who, who does that except, except for God? That's our God. And so maybe I get, might get the band up because I just realised the time. You know, Jesus, uh, thanks guys. In Luke 14, 15 to 24, Jesus uh, talks about the parable of the banquet. 
and I'm not going to read it now, but you know, it's about this, this parable is about, you know, all these people were invited to this banquet and, and they couldn't come and they weren't coming. And so he's like, go out to the back streets and the alleyways and find the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame and bring them in. And then he's like, and then go out to the roads and the country lanes that my house may be full. We want that, don't we? We want him to keep working in us, but we want his house to be full. We want those who he's died for to know the benefit of that as we do, as we get to walk in. And we used to say in the old days when we prayed from to the highways and the byways, Lord, let them come. But I say, let us go out <laughs> as we are and let's continue to. And let's show to others, show others through the bearing of, uh, of the heart of God in us, just as we just bear that, bear ourselves and bear his heart and carry his heart and get out among people and let them know that there is room at his table for them and that we all have a seat at his table. And in Psalm 23, Psalm 23 has always really spoken, not always, but for a long time it's spoken to me and it's been really personal to me. And uh, I love that bit about there's, uh, uh, he, he uh, has a place for, for us in the presence of our enemies and our cup overflows. And I just think in that, I think about that again, about a table and, and, and food and, and a banquet. And I think about sometimes there's, a, sometimes there's a whole lot of people that are not our favourite people to be with, that we might feel like they're our enemies. We might feel like we're people who we don't have favour with. We don't think they like us very much and we don't really feel like we're in our sweet spot when we're with them. We feel a bit uncomfortable. And, uh, but he, even in that place, he says, I have a place for you in that, even in that situation and I am with you as he was with David and, 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 and you know we hear about in Psalm 23 and he said and your cup will, he says your cup will overflow and sometimes when I'm in places where I feel like well, what am I doing here I don't feel like I'm in my I don't feel comfortable here I feel like I'm in a stretch I don't feel like I I'm not, you know, I'm not with my beautiful Camden family. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in a place where I feel like I'm good. Not that I'm saying that I've got enemies surrounding me, but you know what I mean? I feel like I'm in, I'm in a stretch place or I think, what am I even doing here? I remember that I was on a Zoom last, you know, probably late last, during lockdown last year with a whole bunch of people. And I thought, I don't feel like I, I don't. What am I doing here? I don't. I don't know what. I don't speak their language. I don't know. But I'm like, I felt like God said, it, "It's it's good for you to be there." And I and don't don't. I just wanted to press the button. And you know where it says you can just leave Zoom. It's so easy. You just press the button and you're gone. But I was like, God was like, no, no. You might not. This might not be the zone you're used to. But that's okay. It was like that. I have a place for you there. And your cup will overflow. And I was like, oh, Lord, you better help me. And he was just like, just stay. You don't have to do anything. Just stay. Just don't leave. That was all I had to do was not leave. And he would be enough for me in that situation. And I, he was. And I got through it. It wasn't the most fun thing I ever did. But I was like, like okay, I got through it. And now I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm up for your next thing, Lord. What, what else do you want to do? What else do you want to, where else do you want to put me? Now I'm kind of like, oh, let me sit at tables with my enemies. Because I, I want to see God's provision. I want to see what he's going to do. 
I know he can do a transforming work. I, I want my cup to, I want to say, I want to see how my cup's going to overflow. And I want to see how your cup's going to overflow. I want to see the amazing things he wants to do in your lives. He's our shepherd. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray. He's our shepherd and he wants to seek out the lost sheep and he wants to bring the sheep into the fold and he's the physician. He wants to bring healing and he wants to bring restoration. It's just two of the names of Jesus we think of and we've, we've talked about today. So let's think about the heart of God, that we are included, that we are seen. You know, it says in uh, the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. It's not something we really say that much, you know. Oh, yes, I'm very poor in spirit. It's not something we really say, but it really just means, I was looking at what it means, and it means, you know, dependence on God, like a, a sense of, of sorrow, but leaning in and being dependent on Him. Blessed are those. Blessed are, are those. Blessed are we when we're in that place where we're just leaning in independence, in dependence, not independent, in dependence on Him. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's just pray together as we finish. Lord, I just thank you for the amazing work you're doing in this room today and with those watching online, Lord, keep working. Thank you that you are working. I just want to keep this prayer simple, Lord, and say keep working. And maybe church right now or if you're at home, you might just want to do something in response to this moment. If God's, if you feel like God's uh, speaking to you, maybe he's just, I have a sense that he's nudging some people today, not in a, you know, not in a hard way, not at all, but in a little way, in a way of kind of going, come on, come on, I'm going to nudge you forward a little bit. You can do more, there's more. And maybe if that's you, you might just want to let God know in your heart, you know, maybe you want to raise your hands, might, you might want to kneel, you, you just might want to do something in response to that. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm up for whatever you want to do in my life. And I know you have a place for me at your table and, and where I've not seen myself as being worthy of being there. I look up to you today and I, and I thank you that you have invited me and you are inviting me and you have a cup that is going to overflow with blessing. So thank you, God, for that. Thank you for that message. Thank you for your heart for us that you have a place for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church You always will